0: You're kidding. Just one shot? They're not all zombies, Doug. How do you fight this thing? Maybe we could drown it in A1 sauce. Well, sometimes. That is better. The person you put up there ain't the person that comes back. It's a dance song to get down with. About six feet under. Get there. Ooh, I love this song. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Rotten Views podcast, but like always unless you have this on autoplay you already know that and you already know the movie at hand that we're going to be discussing today it's early in the morning I'm not going to lie it's really early in the morning right now so hopefully this podcast does well and I don't uh, you know sound stupid but yes for episode 156 we are watching a uh, first time watch for me as well I, I'm going to add uh, it's called Unlawful Entry from 1992 it's an hour and 51 minutes it's a crime drama thriller uh, the description as read on 2 because you can watch is for free on Tubi. I highly recommend downloading that app if you guys haven't already. Uh the responding LAPD officer to a home invasion becomes the burglarized school's worst nightmare When he grows increasingly obsessed with wife Karen oh no it's a Karen oh god but before we go too far into the movie uh this is for the people who don't really stay to the end of the podcast episode and if you don't I understand it's fine no hard feelings just a little heartbroken it's fine um uh, yeah definitely make sure to check us out on all social medias I don't know why I said us it's only me it's just me that does this there's no else that helps me at all so yes make sure to follow at type sign on all social media platforms we got the facebook page we have um, the twitter x page we have threads we have instagram we have tiktok and the main thing that i say each and every week that we're pushing is slowly growing each and every week it's the youtube channel where you can see weekly uh, gaming videos that come out every wednesday we have the various shorts that come out I, i'm wanting to do them every other day or every day to be honest with you but i've been slacking a little bit it's been a busy couple weeks here so hopefully we'll get back on track uh, this week coming up should be a little bit more relaxed i'm hoping so i hopefully will be able to get ahead of a few things but we won't hold our breath on but you can also listen to old episodes of this podcast as well that we're adding a little little uh like video feature to it uh, nothing major by any means but we will be having video podcasts uh, at some point in time i just gotta work out all the kinks right now to be honest with you um because it just seems like there's a new issue every every week that comes up but that's that's fine that's just technology for you it's ever changing and ever you know being weird after every freaking update but whatever it is what it is you guys aren't here to listen to me blab about how uh um you know technology sucks uh but also make sure to also follow the uh, twitch page because we or twitch channel i should say uh because we've been playing some games on there we've been playing a little bit of fortnite we've been playing a little bit of texas chainsaw massacre so we're going to keep doing that um i want to try and do that maybe three or four times a week but we'll see uh i'll try and air out a schedule and get that all uploaded i'm also going to do like a total rebrand and redesign of the twitch page like the descriptions and all that kind of fun stuff all the banners and whatnot you can add and some emotes and whatnot so that's a- another thing that's on the list as well and we got a bunch of new artwork coming out uh sadly this week alone we have lost uh two wrestlers Uh, if you guys didn't know i'm a wrestling fan i do wrestling uh posters for various promotions i just do wrestling drawings in general uh so we got a couple new wrestling drawings that are eventually going to be coming out uh for the late terry funk as well as uh bray wyatt um so hopefully this weekend i will be able to work on those ones i'm not too sure on that but we're going to try and push for them both to be done monday so they don't just like sit around on the desk too long um, but yeah enough of that you guys are here to listen to me talk about a movie ...for some godly unreason. I don't know why, but I appreciate it that you guys come back each and every week. So let's get into this movie at hand. Let's discuss it a little bit. As always, um, before I do get into the movie, I'm going to be talking about the movie from start to finish. So if there's you know stuff you don't want to be spoiled on for a movie that came out in 1992, uh, feel free to pause the podcast now. Go download that Tubi app or just watch it for free. Uh, you don't know, even need to create an account. Just go on Tubi.com and you can watch the movie with commercials, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be talking about it a lot. So so if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, that's on you. Uh, as for this movie, it's got 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4.4 out of 5 on Amazon.ca. 85% of Google users like this movie. My initial release date was June 26, 1992. Uh, directed by Jonathan Kaplan, uh, distributed by 20th Century Fox and Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. It had a budget of $23 million and a box office of 57.1 million, uh, American. And then, uh, yeah, director is, like I said, John Kaplan. Kaplan, I believe this is the right proper name. Uh, he's best known for White Line Fever from, uh, 1975 where he was the director. Uh, he also known as The Accused from 1988. But the thing that probably he's known best for is he was a producer of this TV show called ER from. 1997 to 2006, where he did 198 episodes of that. Uh, and then we have one of the writers is uh, George Put- Putnin- Putnam. Uh, probably best known for his work on the TV series NYPD Blue from 1993 to 1999, where he did 93 episodes. And then the other thing is he was also on night- or worked for the script and continuity department for 19 episodes of Deadwood, and then his other thing is unlawful Entry. But with that being said, we're just going to jump right into the movie at hand, and we're going to get this ball rolling um, I'm also very excited about this one because it's starring, as I said last week, starring Kurt Russell and Ray Liotta. Uh, the late Ray Liotta, who I believe just passed away either earlier this year or maybe it was late last year. Uh, I love I love him. He's a great actor. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to watching Hubie's Halloween again with him in it uh, later this year for uh, Halloween. Presents Saturday Night at the Movies, the television series which each week brings you the finest in recent motion pictures. Tonight... Feel? Watch a man come into my own home, attack my own wife, and I can't do anything about it. I'm never going to be in that position again. Oh, Michael. Hey. You remember Officer Davis? Dude? Oh, yeah. How you doing? I didn't recognize you. You got a uniform. Hey, I'm going to make sure that your block's patrolled all night long. Would you like to go get a cup of coffee? You're safe with me. I'm a cop, remember? What's going on? What the hell are you talking about? You and Pete. He wants you. He thinks you want him. We're staying away from this guy. You got it? <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. How do I get a cop off my back? Here it is, 5,000. You walk away and don't mess with my Mike. bribe, Mikey. Call whatever you want, Pete. I don't know what's going on with Michael. He's losing it. This guy's a uh, decorated officer you're accusing. I don't care how many medals he has. I want this taken care of. He's making up these stories. So maybe you're overreacting a little bit. He threatened to kill me last night. <laughs> How do you suggest I react to that? All these wild accusations about me, Mr. Carr, is there something personal in this? I told you he was dangerous. What's it gonna take? Me in a body bag? Anything I seem to do it makes it worse. I got a cop who wants my wife. you here and lock the door. Do it. got our movie starting in with that classic 20th Century Fox logo with the music and everything playing. I uh, just love these logos and intros and whatnot. And then the intro credits start to play as it says uh, Largo Entertainment and the music. It's got like a little little beat to it. It's got like this cop theme coming to it and we, we hear a helicopter playing in, in the background as the music starts to pick up. And then we zoom in and we see uh, a couple cop cars and then it might be an undercover cop or it might be someone that they pulled over. It looks like it might be a crime scene of some point in time. And yeah yeah, actually we see someone laying on the ground and they definitely don't look like they're moving so we're just gonna assume that a crime scene because they got the yellow tape and everything so I'm sure he's not taking a nap he could be taking a nap but he's probably not and then the helicopter just follows this one cop car that's taking off down the road sirens blazing we got you know we got the setting and the time period it's the 90s and we got all those classic cars I just love seeing I just love anything that's set pretty much in the 90s or beforehand it's just a different feeling a better time I guess we probably probably looking back on the people that lived through it probably aren't saying it's better times I was a kid so I wouldn't know diff- the difference but whatever also in the intro credits, I just saw that it said line producer is Gene Levy I'm not sure if that's the same Levy or not But I'm gonna have to look into that later and then uh, we just zoom in we see this girl from the bird eyes view uh, just swimming in her pool just back and forth, you know, just being the creeper in the sky That's all we're being just a creeper in the sky And then we just have a still camera that's on this house from the outside and it's day day. Time and then the, the time slowly starts to change and now it's nighttime. We just see a guy walking his dog and then we start to go inside the house where the family is watching some TV. And then as we're panning around the, the home, we see some pictures up on this little nightstand and we can see it's Kurt Russell's character, Michael Carr and his wife, Karen Carr, who's played by Madeline Stowe. I believe I said that last name right? Or the first name right? Both names right? I don't know. Anyways, and then we pan in and we see her asleep in bed watching TV as we then hear some sounds moving around and like some glass moving and that wakes her up and she's a little bit confused as to what's going on. And then we see Michael Carr, Kurt Russell, himself in this like home office where he's, I don't even know what the hell his job is, but he's got like an old school computer setup. up. He's got like a billboard up on the wall or a bulletin board up on the wall and then um, Karen comes in. Karen the cat being like, Michael, I heard a noise. Michael, she's like, didn't you hear the noise, Michael? Michael, didn't you hear? He's like, no, I was on the phone with uh, you know Michael or, or somebody. I don't know who. Roger, yeah, he was on the phone with Roger. That's who it was. And then as you know, he was originally saying it's probably just the wind or something. And then as they're both staying in the office, they hear a noise sound. He's like, um, I guess I'll go check that out, you know. And then she's like, what? Why don't we go call the police? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's fine. I got my golf club right here. I'll just, I'm just gonna go check it out. Don't worry, don't worry. If it's anything serious, I'll. Call back for my driver don't worry i'm not gonna kill anyone with the putter okay it's fine I don't worry about it we then see uh kurt russell moving around the house looking around checking the windows making sure everything's locked and they definitely have a very rich home because it looks very fucking fancy in this living room they even got like this looks like a wooden statue like head inside a glass shadow box for whatever reason hanging up on the wall uh not my aesthetic but whatever whatever works for you i guess the whole time this is going on karen stays inside his office just to with the cat of all things just because she Wants to be safe with the cat, I guess. And then the phone fax machine starts going off, and she kind of looks over like. <gasps> What's that? Ah, huh, technology. And then Michael gets down to his kitchen area, tries to turn on the light, but the light just flickers, and nothing comes on. It's just, like, flickering like a horror movie, essentially. And he checks the, the patio door. It's locked. Everything seems to be fine on it. So he closes the blind on that. So then he's like, ah, everything must be fine. So then he uh, grabs a beer out of the fridge, and like, ah, everything's fine. And they have, like, a skylight. And he notices the skylight's open. So then he's like, oh, shit, someone is actually in here. And he goes to move, and uh, he drops his beer. He's like, yeah, someone's in the house. You better call the police. And that's, uh... Karen's coming downstairs to talk to him. The guy actually bursts through the door behind him and knocks him over. And now we see like this chase scene as this guy is coming at uh, Karen who's trying to call the police. And then Michael just picks up his uh, golf club and Co is running at him. But the black guy grabs uh, a butcher knife essentially and puts that at Karen's throat. I know I'm so, I'm saying black guy because I just don't know the character's name. So I can't I can't tell you. Break-in artist I guess. Now we just see uh, Michael pleading with the guy. Just don't hurt her. I'll give you anything you want. Take my wallet. Take my nice fancy wallet. Watch, take my home computer upstairs, whatever you want, man. Just don't hurt her, please. Take the cat take the cat if you want to and then we see our breaking artist just like dragging her to the patio door unlocking the patio door dragging her outside where we hear her screaming and then i guess he throws her in the pool and then runs away from there i mean like it's just the water you were swimming in it earlier so it's not that big of a deal, right and then we see a police car outside the home with the uh quote on it to serve and protect and then uh, that's when we see the officers showing up to uh michael's home and it's officer roy cole played by roger e mosley and our man and um, Officer Pete Davis, played by Ray Liotta. And uh, as uh, Michaels explaining the story to the officers, uh, the wife starts coming down the stairs, and Liotta just looks up and he's like, ooh, pretty pretty piece of candy that's when they're explaining what happened about the knife to the throat and leo is like you okay do you need a doctor do you need some uh you need some help is, is there anything i can do is there anything and that's when the cat comes up and uh it's we find out the cat's name is tiny so leota picks up the cat he's like oh you're not a really good uh, watch cat now are you and the uh, car's like yeah it's pretty useless then they're looking at the skylight and cole puts his flashlight up I, I, he's like yeah we will come ha- we'll have someone come in the morning to look at that so i uh, try not to disturb the area as it's like 10 feet up in there i'm I'm sure they're not going to get a ladder and just go up there, but you know it's fun. It's, it is what it is. And then Karen's like, you know, I, I was. So this was a safe neighborhood and now you're saying this is happening a lot lately so should we be worried should we move and then she's like do you guys want coffee and like sure i guess i'm not sure that's really a thing that even happens maybe in the 90s it was but then uh leota stops her from stepping on a piece of glass like yeah i'm just i'm just looking out for you just you gotta be careful there sweetie and then they mentioned about getting a gun and then that's when officer uh, pete davis uh leota he's like you know don't worry about getting a gun you know get alarm system get a dog don't get a gun because the wrong person always gets hurt so you don't want a gun and then we see the two officers in the car and he's like ah nice people and Cole's like I know what you're thinking and is uh, like what? what what am I thinking and he just laughs it off and then we see Michael and Karen in bed and Karen's freaking out she's like yeah oh, I don't think I can stay here it's just so weird I just don't think I can live here anymore we have to move we just have to sell the house and move we can't we can't, we can't live here anymore it's fine we're done and then Karen starts freaking out some more is like we can barely afford this place we don't need this place we just need to move out here and get out here and Michael's like I really like the place though to be honest with you it's got like my home office and stuff and I just don't want on a move to be honest with you so let's just worry about it in the morning we'll get an alarm system and stuff and then uh this is funny because michael's like you know we'll get a vicious guard dog we'll get a pit bull you know with fangs and the big spiky collar and stuff and he'll look scary of course it's pit bull that they always go for but whatever and we see uh michael talking with one of his co-workers you know walking down the street uh this is uh roger graham played by ken Lerner. <laughs> and we see this business guy showing up with a uh, rose royce of all fucking things and um uh, <laughs> roger's like you know you did really good you were chasing him around with a putt i would have just gave up and just be like yeah take the wife i don't i don't, I don't need her anymore Then we see this guy in the uh, Rose Royce showing up and they're looking at a like a movie theater of some sort or a playhouse uh, but it's got like this aztec-y statues all over the place and it's got the, like the really fancy ceilings and it looks really fucking cool clearly been abandoned for a really long fucking time but it still looks really cool and as the three of them are standing there one of their cell phones goes off and they all look be like is this is this me is that you is that me i think it's me is that Karen calling Michael to complain he's like you know security people haven't actually showed up yet the police actually haven't showed up yet the for prints and I'm just getting bored and I'm just, I'm just I'm going paranoid to be honest with you that's when Michael then says you know just call the police let's see what's going on and then she says I love you and he responds with I like that what what then we see Michael coming home and his house looks like it's a whole construction team that going to work on it because we have officers dusting for prints we have security team coming in to add things and then we see Karen laughing and it's She's talking to uh Officer Davis who's then just on like his off duty undercover duty outfit because he took like a leather jacket on. He's like, God, ah, this is the least I could do, you know. I just you know, I just I just want to help out people and help out pretty ladies, essentially. Then we have Michael being like, So uh what are they doing in the bathroom over there? You say, "Dave's like hey these old houses are great, these door frames are fucking amazing we're turning it into a fucking safe room for you don't worry about it. deadlocks everything it's gonna be a safe room and then we see uh michael and davis looking at davis's muscle car that is outside that's when he's got like a security alarm as well and michael's like so you ever think about consulting like working in security for like homes or you know say a club that i'm setting up downtown and then i don't know where karen's like you're staying for dinner right like how many people ask an officer to stay for dinner but whatever it works then they're sitting down by the pool and this dog literally jumps over the fence and runs through and breaks a, a glass and michael carr is like don't worry jack i'll get your dog he's like sorry man just uh, smells food and just jumped over the fence like that it's, he's crazy but so and then once Carrs, michael carr is gone uh davis opens up to karen a little bit She's like you know cops in marriage are really hard you know they usually don't work out and i'm surprised i'm talking this much to you because as a kid uh i really didn't talk as much at all uh, it's weird that i'm opening up to you so much and we see uh davis leaving him. Michael walks to his car and he's like, "Yeah, you're doing a lot to help out Karen." He's like, "Yeah, she'll bounce back." How about you? Have you bounced back? And Karen's uh, like, "You know what? I just..." You know i can't think about it to be honest with you you know i felt helpless you know just this guy taking my wife and you know it just it just feels like it kicked the living shit out of me and then uh davis like yeah you'll bounce back don't worry about it man it's it's, it's fine you did all you got balls you know you you took a putter against the guy <laughs> that's when uh when davis is leaving he's like you what, michael i think you'd enjoy coming on a ride along that's when he actually actually to explain to michael what ride along is he's like yeah i guess i could come on a ride along hopefully we're not in the ghetto and i get shot because that's probably your plan to get me me out of the fucking picture, and then it's like the next day we see Michael signing some waiver forms, pretty much saying like your wife can't come after us if the city kills you or anything. And then Dave's like, ah, he's fine, he's with us, don't worry about it. And then they're driving. And it's now nighttime, and they see this girl driving, this blonde girl driving a Jeep with no doors on, it, just you know enjoying the weather. And uh, Dave's like, oh, oh, look, do you think she's a real blonde? So they decide to pull her over for whatever reason, but it's fine. Nothing really happens with that situation other than Dave's going up to the doctor and he's like, officer, was I driving? driving too fast for you They're Like no, bitch you're fine don't worry about let me see the three of them stopping at this like a burrito burrito operation and they walk in and maria the cook's like ah he knows him right right off the bat gets her order pretty much fastest than anyone ever see a fucking order come through because cole knocks on the window saying what they want and then the next thing you know it's fucking ready and they sit down to open the food up and c- Michael opens up his food and looks at it, and he's like, I, you know what? Um, I ate before I came out this morning, which was probably like 12 hours ago. I'm still actually kind of full, and I don't want to eat what looks to be slop. And Cole's like, try it. It's the best in the city. Go and enjoy it. He's like, nah, you know what? I'm actually pretty full. I'm good. And then we see them showing up to this home where an incident's happening, and we see inside the window, there's like three people fighting, and yelling, and screaming. And the the wife or the girlfriend is pretty fucking pissed off but it sounds like maybe her boyfriend hit her in the face not really too sure what's going on but then michael's sitting in the car and he sees a little kid sneaking out the back window little kid goes running across the road while it's nighttime and there's a truck coming down the road. So Michael then runs out and grabs the kid and saves his life so he doesn't become, you know, roadkill. And then we see them getting ready to take the guy out of the home. And he literally clocks the wife and pushes the officer back. I forget which one it was. I think it might have been Davis. And then we just see them tackle this guy, which is, I believe, the guy from Dumb and Dumber or one of those movies. I know I've seen him from a movie, but I can't find him actually in the description like the cast and crew. So I'm not really sure which movie he's from. I didn't do a deep dive though, because I'm doing this on the fly at eight o'clock in the morning. But it's it's fine. And now we're at the point where they drop Cole off at the police station and uh and Davis is like come on Michael get up in the front seat. We got one more errand to run. And then we see them at this uh rundown place and Davis is pulling out this guy and pushes him up against the police car. And he's like, Come on, and I do this motherfucker and somehow, Davis hunt down the guy who broke into uh, Michael's house. That's when Davis throws the guy up against the wall. He's like, you break into my friend's house? Did you scare my friend's pretty wife? Do you want me to kick your fucking ass? That's when then Davis like, you know what? I'm gonna let my friend kick your fucking ass you're not gonna be able to do anything about it. And Michael's like, what? Are you serious? Um, you know, I know I said I wanted to rip his heart out and stuff, but I was like just the heat of the moment and just talk. And, uh, I'm, I don't know what to do right now, Davis. You're, pro- you're throwing me on the spot here, bud. That's when then Davis pretty much throttle the guy. It's like, you walk with me. You're not going to resist me, right? You're not going to complain at all, right? You're not going to try and come back at us, right? And the guy said, like, yeah, 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 yeah that's when then davis gives him a, like his billy club sick. he's like come on beat the guy you don't even have to put your actual hands on him just beat the crap out of him he put a knife to karen's throat he's like no man I'm, I'm not doing it so the guy then tries to run away so davis throws the billy club at him knocks him to the ground and then davis literally gets on top of him and just starts caving in his face with the billy stick he's not dead yet but he's pretty fucked up and then michael's like come on davis davis let's, let's stop please. please let's stop that's when he then finally gets home and then karen's like so how was your night So a guy we Night to be honest with you. Um, you know, went on a few calls. We dropped uh Cole off at the station, and then uh Pete had a little surprise for me. Uh, he caught the guy that broke into the house, and she's like, Oh, he's in jail. He's like, Ah, no, most likely a hospital because uh Davis beat the shit out of him, and i uh, was. Throwing around his power. And then Karen's like, well, I'm just glad it's over with. And that's when then uh, Michael's, you know, being very scared. And Karen's like, so you, are you sure you're okay? He's like, be honest with you. I think he's uptight. A little wound too tight. And I don't want him around here anymore, to be honest with you. And then Karen's like, well, what do you mean? You're just being you're just being silly. He's our friend. We should give him a chance. He's literally just worried about his family. And then Karen's like, you know what? I, I just don't understand why you have sympathy for the guy who just put a knife to my throat and tried to kill me. Even though he didn't really try to kill her. No, he took her hostage for about like five, six seconds but that's besides the point i guess and that's like the next day and karen's taking a swim in the pool and then i don't know where she comes like puts her head out of the pool and officer davis is just sitting there or standing there he's like sorry to scare you i just wanted to come over and talk to you Can i talk to you for a minute she's like ah yeah yeah i guess so and he's like you really should put a lock on that gate she's like i don't think you came here to discuss the gate did you and he's like no she asked him what happened he's like well when i caught him you know he pushed me over and it took you know went running off so i had to chase after him and catch him take like, "Ah." Michael didn't say it that way. He's like, ah, you know, you see, you see cops on TV shows and it's not really portrayed the same way. You know, it's it's different if you're there in the live act he starts going on about how he goes on about the story about his first time out on the job i was trying to arrest this kid that was on drugs and there was some girl there and apparently she shot him in the chest and then he shows her his bullet wound in his chest he's like i'm sorry about what happened it's just you know i'm just doing my job and i, I don't want to get shot again essentially so i'm gonna jump the guy and if i have to use force i'm gonna use force let me see uh, michael at his job and they got like the setup for the the new club that they're opening that i thought was going be a movie theater but apparently they got it all all the chairs all the seating that's like a giant dance floor and there's like a dining area and it's pretty much uh, them setting up a, a potential party to try and get investors to try and pay into the club that they want to set up then of course davis out of nowhere shows up in a suit just you know walking around checking out the environment and whatnot and then we have michael saying the joke that he heard in the police car about you know the voice or someone else and they jump off the tower who who hits first who cares and uh michael is Getting ready to finish the joke, and Davis finishes it, and Michael's like, "Uh, well, what? What are you doing here?" He's like, "Ah, no, I was just, you know, I was just stopping in, checking in, see how things are going." That's when Davis starts saying how you know you should move the entrance to the alleyway, get people to line up to come in that way because the marquee's too open and you can't really secure it that well. And Michael's like, "Why don't you go get a drink, uh, Pete?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I, sh- I, will." And Michael's watching, and Pete pretty much just straight V lines right for Karen, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we take security really, really uh, seriously around here um are we done with this meeting and then we have pete and uh michael at the bar just having a drink and i was like you know i just want to get something straight here uh, i want you to leave he's like well why did you invite me here he's, he's like i didn't invite you here i told you about the club i didn't actually invite you and he's like david's like why are you being so uptight like it's because of the stuff that happened last night because you're on the the ride long you know nothing seriously happened it's fine and Dave's like what what would it, what kind of friend would i be if i didn't take care of you you know i'm just trying to take care of you and karen and he's like you're not my friend Just, you know, you need to just leave us alone. That's when David's like, what are you going to do, call the cop? And Michael's like, fuck you, just get out of the club. And uh, David's like, you know, lower your voice, just lower your voice. Pigeons are watching now. I don't want you losing your, uh, investment here. And then as, uh, Davis is waiting for his car to show up, uh, we see everyone else having our toast inside to, you know, good health and a good club and whatnot, and the whole time, Davis is just standing at the doorway, looking in as a creeper. We just cut to Davis and his police outfit, as he's sitting at this outside table, just sipping some coffee, just looking all sad and confused as to what he's doing with his life. So then, uh, cheer himself up, he goes and sits underneath a train bridge with a hooker, and we come to find out he apparently, uh, plays with this hooker a lot, because She's like, I'm glad you called. I've been thinking about you lately and I've uh, been missing you. And then she's looking at his wound in his chest. And she's like, uh, you get shot or something? He's like, it's a fishing accident. She's like, gosh, fish have guns now. And then out of nowhere, he just flips out, loses his shit on the uh, prostitute, pushes her out of the car. And she starts freaking out because she doesn't know where she is. And he's like, well, I guess that's your fucking problem now, isn't it? Then we cut to Michael, who's sitting inside a classroom, discussing to the kids why he wanted to be a cop and what made him want to do what he's just doing. And inside this classroom, is also karen so i'm not sure if she's a teacher and i missed that point somewhere or not but oh well then like after that stuff's all gone apparently she's a teacher of some sort anyways the kids are leaving they're outside and he s- stops over to karen he's like i just want to say thank you for letting me be like talking to the kids and whatnot and then she's like i just want to say sorry for what michael said and he's like yeah it was really thrown off you invited me over there and then kicked me out I, like i would never shown up if that was gonna happen and you know i hope i didn't do anything wrong karen she's like no no uh you didn't do anything wrong it's, it's michael it's definitely Michael, he's the problem. And then uh, out of nowhere, Davis like, can I just take you for a bite to eat? We'll just go to the little diner. And yeah, Karen goes to the little diner with him. And she's like, so is everyone here a cop? He's like, no, nah, we just busted this place not too long ago. And we find Davis, you know, trying to ask some questions about, you know, how Karen and Michael got together and why they're together essentially. We find out that Karen's dad had a gambling problem where people were showing up in the middle of the night to like take the cars and this and that. And she's like, yeah, everything always came easy to Michael. And he's like, is that why you married him? He's like, well, no, I married him because I, I I love There's <laughs> it's like, so all the easy things that come to michael were you want them because uh no man deserves that much good fortune and you should never feel unsafe you know you need a real man like me but no he's just going on about like how if you ever need anyone to talk to you feeling scared you need a real friend to talk to a real real friend to talk to you who's totally not going to try sleeping with you uh, i'm i'm there for you let's see the shower scene at the police station and cole's like so how was your afternoon he's like yeah yeah it was good it was, it was fine and uh, cole's like so uh you and mrs Carr getting along fine and cole's clue totally not cool with the whole situation that's going on he's like i know what you're up to you're gonna cause some fucking issues and we see Michael and Karen having dinner at this fancy restaurant with Roger and one of the other business person. And then next thing you know, they're coming out of the restaurant and there's a boot on their car. And then they go to like the DMV or wherever uh, wherever they hold the car and pay them a lot, whatever. And apparently they have, they're have they saying that he has $600 worth of tickets on his car. And he's like, uh, wh- What are you talking about? I've never had any tickets. And he goes to pay with his second card, which I forgot to mention at the diner. He went to go pay with his first card and it got declined. And he goes to pay with this card and it's apparently over so we can only assume what's happening now and they keep chalking up. Eh, it's just a computer just a computer It's, it's weird. I don't know where uh, Michael and Karen start getting freaky on the bathroom floor And then the whole alarm system starts going off So then uh, Michael runs right to his duffel bag and grabs a gun and locks himself into the washroom while well, he locks Karen into the washroom and goes out the other door and locks it. He's like you stay here I'm gonna go figure out what's going on with my pistol and of course the whole time that the alarm's going off it's a dark and stormy night and then the alarm just stops and we hear footsteps running up the stairs and there's knock on the door he's like karen it's all right and we come to find out the cat knocked something over that caused the alarm to go off mm, good alarm system guess you're not so 70 cats probably not going to make that thing any easier and now he's in hot water because uh apparently he made the decision of having the gun without talking to karen about it and she doesn't like guns at all so now she's pissed off him and there's no more freaky time on the washing floor then we see them having freaky time in the bed and off in the distance at the doorway we see davis standing there with his gun and flashlight and then he turns his flashlight on and scares the shit out of them then he runs down and out of the stairway and to the front door and michael chases after him he's like what the fuck are you doing in here he's like i was just responding to your alarm and he's like i didn't know it was a false alarm he's like yeah sure just like the boot on my car and my credit card's being all maxed out yeah it's all just a fucking false alarm huh you probably tripped it yourself and cole opens up the front door he's like uh everything okay here he's like yeah it's just uh just false alarm i did i didn't know i was i'm embarrassed that i walked in and saw you guys doing it but i'm just gonna go now and we see uh michael at the police station talking to the captain trying to discuss the situation with davis be like you know he's pretty much uh he's a sicko and he's a psychopath and yeah sure uh we liked him at first but now you know he walked in while we're having sex and stuff and um captain's like you know look on the paperwork he's like yeah i was just looking at it at the order and yeah he was checking out uh the alarm going off that was off by your security company so captain's like you know you have no evidence to go up against davis you know he's got a lot of awards against him he's a very decorative officer you know we're going to do this investigation but we're going to do it properly and we just need to figure out what's going on and i you know i don't want an unstable officer on the floor or on the on the the streets but we need to do this the professional way and do it the proper way to figure out what's actually going on here then we see michael meeting up with roger and apparently the person that was going to go through with the deal on the club is now backing out laurie uh because apparently davis was calling him asking all these questions so now laurie's getting all nervous and being like you know i think you're under an investigation so i don't want to go into business with someone who might be in the wrong side of the law so i'm gonna pull my finances out of this club and that's you know starting to get really on michael's nerves then we see Uh, Michael meeting uh, Davis at this like lookout spot that's looking over the city he's like you know I'm glad you're meeting me here so we can talk Uh, I don't know what I did to uh, make this all happen but I'm sorry maybe we can just have this as water on the bridge and the whole time while Michael's talking uh, Davis is just looking out you know off into the distance not really listening to him at all and then he pulls a, a envelope. He's like, he's like, what's that? He's like, $5,000. Just leave my investors alone. And then Dave's like, what? You're going to try and bribe me, Mikey? He was like, what's going on here? He's like, I don't uh, call it what you want. I just want you to leave my investors alone so I can go on with my job. Nowhere was like, you know, when Karen met you, she thought you were different than your, her gambling father. You know, while Karen needs to feel protected when those coyotes come charging out of the brush. And that's when Michael's like, you stay the fuck away from her. And then he gets clocked in the stomach and then davis like you're gonna assault a police officer you're gonna a nice civilized man like you you're gonna assault a police officer michael that's when michael's like are you gonna arrest me and then davis pulls out his gun and he's like i could kill you right now and they would never find you or figure out who did it then we see his parents at the school and then michael pulling uh karen out of class and he's like so what's going on here karen what's what's going on uh because pete knows some things i'm a little bit confused what's going on here karen and then karen's like you're being crazy mike what what's going on here he's like well well, you know what? He put, he pulled a gun on me and put it towards my head. So, uh, what, do you, what do you think is going on here, Karen? Because uh, he he thinks you want him and he wants you. So, what what's going on here, Karen? You're you're talking to him about us and our marriage. So, what's going on here, Karen? he's like, I told you already that this man is dangerous. What's it going to take for me to be in a body bag? And she's just like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to listen to you now, I guess. Maybe for the part time, but at least for a little bit. Then we see uh, Davis meeting up with Cole. Well, he's not really meeting up with him. He's kind of like pretty much stalking where he lives. He's like, hey, Officer Cole, um, I met with your partner. I tried to work things out and um, I need your help. He's like, don't you know to leave things out of there and just leave him alone? And he's like, he's playing with you. He's like, uh, he tried to kill me last night, Officer Cole. And Cole's just like, what? What is when then Cole's finally like okay you know let's let's come in let's discuss this and see what we can do and then we cut to Davis and Cole jogging together and he's like he doesn't understand he doesn't love her I could take better care of her I'm the man for her and Cole's like what what's going on here you know nothing's gonna happen between you and her she's married to him she loves him she's just a fancy in your head and Davis like you know you don't know what you're talking about Cole and they're on the same hill that they had the meeting at together and Cole's like tell me what you. were doing with him up here last night tell me you didn't have a gun in his head in his face tell me you didn't threaten to fucking kill him and that's when Cole's like, you know, you either come forward with this or, you know, you stop doing what you're doing. Or I'm going go to go up top and I'm going to tell them what's the fuck's going on because I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm not going to have a crazy cop on the field. Cole pretty much tells Davis to go have coffee with drink and be like, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to be fine. Just go talk it out with his drink. Everything will be better. Don't worry about it. Just stop being fucking crazy. And then it's that night and we see uh, Davis and Cole showing up to that little burrito place. And Davis looks over and sees leon the mr clean guy making a drug deal with a taxi cab driver and that's when leon starts running away because davis tells him to freeze and we see this guy just bolting down this fucking alleyway and next thing you know we see the police car coming after him it's like a homeless alley there's like a bunch of furniture all over the place and davis is driving the car and he's pretty much just ramming into fucking everything to the point where a Toyota almost backs out in front of him, and he almost hits it but he has to swerve to miss it for a reason leon runs literally right into his apartment building it runs right into the washroom so he's trying to flush all the pills and they're beating on the door being like come on leon open up and he opens up a drawer and there's a bunch more pills and they break the door down and he's like i just i'm just carrying this box don't worry about it there's nothing in the box don't look in the box guys. please don't look in the box and then we have uh, cole you know checking leon for weapons and whatnot and as we see he's around the corner doing that we see davis putting on some gloves, shutting the, the apartment door, and then taking his gun out of his, you know, holster on his ankle. Then he walks over to the window, pulls the blind down, and we see Davis pointing the gun at both of them. And Leon's freaking out like, wait, no, don't shoot me. And he actually shoots Cole and kills Cole. And Leon's freaking out. He's like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? And like Davis just starts throttling him and being like, take the gun and run. Just take the gun. And so when he, Leon finally grabs the gun and goes around for the front door, that I think is locked at this point in time, uh, Davis grabs uh, Cole's gun and shoots Leon and being like, you shot my partner, Leon. Now you got to die. So he's essentially just setting up the bad cop situation where, you know, setting up the crime scene in favor for himself. And he's just standing over Cole watching the life go out of his eyes. And Davis just is like to Cole, and he, like, he ain't going upstairs to talk to anyone. Sorry, buddy. It is what it is. And then he puts uh, Cole's gun back in his hand, which doesn't really make sense because, like, Cole is on, uh, like, this apartment's an L-shape. So Cole's on one side of the L-shape while Leon's at the other shape, And they're both dead up against various spots. So how would that work out? I don't know. I'm not a crime scene detective, but uh, it does make sense to me. And then we just see uh, Cole finally uh, die. And then we see the crime scene going on. We see the, the body bags being stretched out. And... And Davis like, you know, I went around back and Cole went in the front and you know, it's and Cole got shot. But apparently, uh, Cole shot him before uh, he died, and that's how Leon died. And that's how they, apparently the situation worked out. Makes no sense, but it is what it is. And then we have Ray doing his, or uh, Pete doing his um, fake crying. I don't even know why I said Ray. There's no one even in the fucking movie named Ray. But that's just how my brain goes some days. Let me cut to Michael in his office. He's looking out at the pool, and we see a bunch of agents sneaking around his backyard. And he's like, uh, I'm not sure what's going on. And then he goes to uh, call uh, the officers or maybe Cole, I believe it was. And he's like, um, I don't know what's going on, but there's a setup going on and there's agents all over the place. I'm a little bit confused right now. And apparently the doorbell rings and Karen an- answered. And apparently they have a search warrant to search for narcotics and they have half the police force doing it i'm not sure that's the real thing but whatever and then they started smashing every fucking thing in the house like smashing vases you could have just looked in the top of it but that's fine whatever anyways apparently they, they had uh clues that this whole house is a giant narcotics observation and then of course you have two cops coming down the stairs with a bunch of narcotics and he's like surprise surprise michael you're under arrest for the uh- possession of drugs shocking shocking huh that's when then uh michael carr is introduced to special agent noble he's like so if you uh, give us the information on who your connections are we'll you know make this simple and easy and you'll get things situated he's like i got nothing to tell you i got nothing to tell you at all so then we see a uh, car being taken through the jail area and all the people in the jail cells are just you know staring and be like "Ooh, fresh white boy fresh fancy looking white boy then we see uh, Roger meeting as uh, legal counsel with uh, Michael, and he's like, I need to know what your finances are, I- exact finances, he's like, well, I put everything into that party to try and get Lur- Lurie to, you know, sign on. He's like, I got like $2,200 off. And Michael's like, you know, I'm only here because this crazy cop is trying to get with my wife and wants me out of the picture. He's like, you know, this, Roger's like, this is way over my head. I don't know what's going on. I just, I, I don't know what to do to help you. And that's when Kyra's like, you know, Cole, Cole knows what's going on. I talked. Talk to him and he he can help us out and then that's when roger's like cole's dead he, he died in line of duty you know that's when then michael's like you know he's not going to stop until i'm dead too because he just killed his partner because he knew the partner knew about everything that's going on you need to get me out of here or i'm going to be dead and then we see them at the hearing where Case is being um, accused of the possession of, I think, cocaine for the distribution charges and whatnot. And then there's another case thing that comes up saying that Carr car apparently played a, a similar case in Austin, Texas, about eight years ago. And they're like, what, what What? are you talking about? And we come to find out that it wasn't him, but he took an investor out of town and they got arrested. And it was actually the investor who had the, the p- little thing a blow. And apparently he took a deal to try and save the situation because it was in his car. And and now the bail is set to $250,000, and they're not going to be able to bail him out for that much. Then as is being escorted out of that area, we actually see Davis staying in the back watching as everything's going on. As Mike's is sitting in a cell, Davis comes up. She's like, "Guy, hey, you having trouble making bail there, Mike? Mike's a little tight right now, isn't it? Don't worry about it, though. Mike, Karen's all alone now, so I'll make sure she's safe don't worry about it, though. And was like, I know what Karen needs, and isn't it her happiness that we both want? So don't worry about it, Mike. She'll be taken care of. And then as Karen's in bed, just, you know, laying there, she hears the door open, she hears someone coming up the steps, and it's her friend Penny, and not the cop. And we see the house is completely still trash at this point in time. Uh, she's just like, I don't care to clean up. It's a mess. It's a write-off. It's, it's fine. It's what, it is what it is. And we actually find out that Penny's gonna stick around until Michael's home, and, uh, Karen's like, you know, that's gonna be a while. She's like, it's fine. Don't don't worry about it. Just take... Take some time to rest and then we see penny in the the kitchen getting ready to feed the cat and the whole time davis is standing outside the door and he's like sorry didn't mean to scare you penny um i, I brought some groceries to try and help him out because i fear she didn't have time to go get groceries for everything going on he's like can I, can I just bring the groceries in how about i just give them to you i, I gotta get going to work and she's just standing there staring at him it's like ah i'm not too uh, popular around here now am i a penny huh all right well i'm just gonna leave the groceries on the ground here you look great by the way um I'll see you later, though. Bye-bye. And, of course, silly Penny. She thinks he's gone. Uh, She bypasses the alarm to turn it off and grabs the groceries. And as soon as she grabs the groceries, we see someone grab her wrist. And we can only assume who that is. Then we see uh, Michael finally being able to go take his phone call that he's been asking for for the last, God, it seems like fucking hours here now. Of course, we see uh, Karen's in the shower. The phone's not ringing at all. And, then of course, the dispatch lady's like, I'm sorry, sir, the, the phone's off the hook. Uh, I can't do anything about it. I can, you know, let the company know something's going on, but I can't do anything about it. And then she gets up, Karen gets out of the shower and goes goes downstairs and he's like, oh, it smells so good down here, your Penny. You're doing a great job. We actually see it's uh, Davis making dinner or whatever, maybe it was breakfast. I'm assuming it's dinner. And she's like, where's Penny? Uh, I told her to go home. She's going to be third wheel. I didn't think it'd be a big deal about it. And then she, uh, Karen's looking around. She sees the phone off the hook. And he's like, ah, I left the phone off the hook just because I want you to sleep. I want you to rest up. I didn't want any distractions. And then he's like, you know, I should I know I shouldn't be here. I know you're upset. Well, let's just stop getting each other, okay? We know there's a connection between each other. I know you like me and I like you a lot too. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a good friend, but there's more there. And then she's like, you know, I'm very tired. I just need some time alone. He's like, you know, come on, let's let's sit down. I know what's scaring you. I don't have to be a copy more. I can get a new job. I can get like a normal job, a clean job where I'm not, you know, in danger. And I know that's what's scaring you. I know you being with me is scary because I, I'm carrying a gun. I could die. So I just get like a normal job, like a factory or Walmart or Kmart, you know, something simple, you know, something where you don't have to worry about me. And that's when he takes his badge out and his gun out and puts it in the drawer. He's like, you know, I feel good about this. I actually, I got to go finish cooking though. So dinner's ready. That's when uh, Karen's like, you know, I I'm, I forgot about Tiny. I don't like leaving the cat outside for a long times because I don't want anything to happen. And she goes to set the front alarm door to open like up the door to try and get Tiny inside. That's when we hear Tiny meowing in the closet. So she grabs him. And then as she's grabbing him, Penny's arm falls down from the shelf that's up in the closet. And we find her dead in the closet with her bag suffocating her. And she, she's she done. She's dead. Did like dinner. That's when Davis comes over. He's like, y- "You okay? You-, you fine?" Davis locks the door back up, sets the alarm back up, and everything. He's like, "Come on, I know what you need. You're, j- you're just a little nervous. It's fine." And then we cut and see Roger in his car sitting outside the police station, and we see Michael coming out. He's like, "Move over. Come on. I'm driving. Put your seatbelt on. Let's go. We got stuff to do." Then we see uh, Davis trying to give Karen a massage, being like, "Oh, you keep all your attention up here in the shoulders." As he's doing it on the kitchen table of all things, can find a couch or something, something somewhere else i don't know kitchen table works i guess and then he starts undoing the back of her shirt being like i feel so lucky being here with you just tell me how much you love me because guess what i'll still love you more and she's just like pete just uh stop i don't feel too too pretty right now i'm can I go upstairs and put something nice on for you to make myself feel a little bit more prettier? And, you know, stuff. And he pretty much just stands there and kind of smirks about it. Now she's going upstairs. She's like, I'll call you when I'm I'm ready, okay? He's like, don't be long. I guess if you're too long, I'm coming up to get you because I don't trust your lying bitch ass. And of course, in the the moment of the night, Michael's driving the BMW, speeding, runs through a relay. Of course, there's a motorcycle officer that's sitting off on the side. So then a a cop chase uh, is going to assume start there. That's when we then see Karen searching Michael's duffel bag, looking for the gun. And then Davis comes up behind her. He's like, "Karen, you looking for this right here." And she's like, "Oh, you read my mind. I hate the damn thing. I just, I just want you to dispose of it and get rid of it." And he's like, "Oh, I, I, thought you were going to get changed though." And then we see uh, Michael take the car down side road or side street. And then he he gets out and runs out of the car. And he has Roger get out on the driver's side as he's got his hands up in there he's like don't shoot i'm a lawyer please don't shoot me i didn't mean to drive away i didn't mean to speed don't shoot me please i thought maybe a good plan would be just to like lead the officer right to the house that probably would have been a good plan but you know whatever you know what you're doing there michael now at some point uh, Pete puts the gun behind his back and his, his belt and of course we have Pete and Karen kissing him, making it out and she, she, you know she's filling up and she grabs the gun from his back he's pointing at him and she's like get the fuck away from me you're crazy and Pete's like you know you're not going to kill me you're not going to shoot me and then she goes to cock the gun and shoot and there's no bullets in he's like fuck her! you would have shot me and he's like yeah shoot again come on you think I'd actually give you a loaded fucking gun that's when he then throws her down on the bed and pretty much just calls her a useless fucking whore and he's like you know I'm just gonna treat you like one Karen cause that's what you are Karen and then the home alarm starts going off Actually, sorry, my bad. It's actually not the home alarm. It's actually his car alarm because someone smashed the the passenger window out on his car. And he's all pissed off now. So then he handcuffs her to the bathtub. I think it's a bathtub. It's got like the side railing on it. It might be the bathtub. I'm not too sure. Davis runs outside to look at his car. And he's not too happy, you know. The passenger window's all fucked up now. And that's fair. And then we hear some running up the stairs and she's screaming no. And it's actually Michael showing up. And he's trying to pry the bar off this fucking hot tub jacuzzi that they got. But nothing's happening. It's not bursting at all. But then he somehow rips the towel bar off like the the towel holder bar off and uses that as a pry bar to get the other bar open and they get the, the handcuffs finally off that bar and now they're trying to hide inside their own home essentially then out of nowhere davis breaks through like a side door and tackles michael down to the ground starts choking him out and then we see them fighting each other in like the kitchen living room area and one of them goes flying through the the, the living room table Karen tries to go out the front door and that's when uh Davis comes over to try and punch her and then Michael comes over throws him up against the wall and tries gui- gouging out his eyes of all fucking things then they start fighting in the kitchen and Michael puts uh Davis's face through the glass window on like the cabinet and that pisses Davis off pretty much so he grabs a frying pan that has some mushrooms in it and literally smashes him in the face with it and then the phone goes off and he picks it up and he's like, yeah, this is Michael Carr. Uh, thank you for calling. Yeah, I was, I was swinging a golf club and it went through the patio window. It's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. As he's got a gun pointed at Michael who's on the ground now being like, oh uh, yeah, this this, this sucks. And that's when he gives the password for the alarm system and he's like, no, I, I didn't change the password. And <clears throat> Michael's on the ground. He's like, yeah, I did. That's when Davis is like, what's the password? Give me the password, Michael. He's like, figure it out yourself, dickhead. It's seven letters. We see Karen locks herself in the safe room inside the washroom. And Davis is like, come on, Karen. You got to open up the door or Davis is going to die. As he's ramming Davis's or, uh, ramming Kara's head into the door. That's where Michael's like, don't open the door, honey. He's going to kill us both. So don't do it. If he kills me, he kills me. Don't worry about this. Just don't open the door, please. Well, Karen does open the door, but she's got this giant crystal diamond in her hand, and she literally smashes uh, Davis in the face with it, and then Michael fights back, and next thing we know, we see Davis falling down the spiral staircase, and landing on the floor, and looking motionless, and maybe dead? Probably not, though. Then we have this like, soft music starting to the as they're standing over his body, and I can maybe assume that he might be dead, seeing that the floor is now filling up with blood that's coming out of his skull. But anyways, uh, car goes over with the gun, and starts poking him in the back, being like, you dead? Are you dead? Hey, are you dead? And they get the front door open, and Karen goes outside side on the porch and then we hear the cat running down the stairs and she looks back at michael and then out of nowhere Dave just stands up he's like what are you gonna do michael and that's when uh michael starts unloading the gun into uh davis's chest and he, he's dead now finally and we just have michael and karen look at each other just you know about everything that just happened and then we just hear the sirens coming off in the background as uh michael picks up the fat cat and you know that's that's their happy little family and that's the end of the movie and the outro credits start to play as the cop cars all start to show up there's a hell Helicopter flying overhead with the spotlight going and they're just sitting on their front porch, just you know, confused as to what the fuck just happened in their life, and then Roger shows up too being like, What the hell happened here, guys? And we just, you know, have all the cops rushing in. There's like fucking five cop cars at least. The helicopter going overhead, and yeah, the movie's over. Uh, that was a really good movie. The first time i ever watched it, and I definitely highly, highly recommend it. If you're a Kurt Russell, Ray Leota fan, definitely watch it. It's um it's really good. A lot of action, a lot of suspense, and it's a good thriller. Uh on the rotten scale out of ten, I'm giving it a solid eight because I. I enjoyed it a lot so definitely highly recommend it's on tubi so go check it out there which brings us to our movie we have to pick for next week we're gonna watch a movie back in the horror movies uh one that i picked up that i have never actually seen i thought i've seen them all but clearly i haven't uh we're gonna watch leatherface texas chainsaw massacre because i've never actually seen that one and it looks stupid as hell but i want to watch it anyway it's just so i can say i've actually watched it seeing i've been playing the texas chainsaw massacre game a lot now you can definitely check that out over on twitch and there's youtube videos as well uh but yeah definitely go check out the twitch channel at typhoon where you can see me playing Texas Chainsaw Massacre a couple times a night, or a couple times a week, I should say. As always, though, make sure to check out the outro band, The Blood Opera, trial based horror band. Uh, Their music plays at the end of each and every episode, almost every episode of the podcast. Definitely go check them out. All their links will be down below, but you can find them on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, and I'm sure there's other spots, maybe Threads. I don't know. I'm not searching out a lot of people on Threads yet. Uh, I don't even know if it's a thing anymore. So let me know down in the comments below if Threads is even a site anymore that people are using. But, as always, make sure to check out all my links that are down below as well. And, you know, follow me, at Sign pretty much on anything and everything. we got the YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, TikTok. But, like I said earlier, YouTube being the main thing because we're pushing that channel. we got the weekly gaming videos coming out every Wednesday. We have uh, old episodes of the podcast coming out. And we have the various shorts and our videos and whatnot. So, definitely go check that out. And until next time, I'll talk to you guys all later. Peace!